great. Well, we're glad to have Brother Greg. Can you give him a nice warm hand as he comes to minister? Bless you, bro. <laughs> Praise God. What a delight to worship our King. Yeah, amen. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you to Pastor John Mondry. We really just honor them as uh, people of integrity. Um, some people, we travel the world a bit, we minister to church leaders quite a bit. A lot of church leaders think that they can cover over a lapse in their personal life with more pizzazz in their public life. If they can just dazzle you with a little bit more smoke, they can hide something that they, in their private life, is not in order. So I'm very interested, Michelle and I love to find people who are congruent. What you see is what you get. Who they are here is who they are everywhere else. The integrity they display here, they, they display in the secret place. And it's an honor. You, you, you can't really be called a truthful person until you've had a really, really compelling reason to lie and chose not to. Until then, you're just untested. Is that fair? You're just untested. And so, I, so it's an honor for us to meet leaders who've been tested and then have chosen to honor the king. See, those people I like, and we just want to honor you. Thank you. Amen. I have a message today entitled, Unafraid of Storms, and it's just delightful to be here. Um, before I get to preaching, uh, let me get to prophesying. Uh, a few years back, I was here, I prophesied over, the Lord said, gave me a name of somebody. I don't know if any of you remember. And I, and I said, so I said, is that man here? And he, nobody answered. So I said, I must have missed it. And the Lord said, no, no, he's here. So I said, is, is this guy here? Nobody answered. So I said, okay, I must have missed it. And the Lord said, prophesy. So it's now getting awkward, right? Everybody's feeling a little awkward. I'm feeling a little awkward. So I said, well, this is the prophecy for that guy. And everybody's sitting there going, he's not here. We've checked twice. <laughs> so I prophesied and went on with the message. And about three months ago, this lady came to our church. She goes, oh, hi, it's Pastor Greg here. And she said, man, we've been hanging on to that prophetic word. I go, who are you? She goes, this guy's name. I'm his wife. Man, that word really ministered to us. And I was like, praise God. Next time, put up your hand, you know. <laughs> So, um, the Lord showed me a picture of a, of a creative, it looked almost like a bicycle chain, but it's not a bicycle. It, it has four cogs and it runs up vertically and down and sideways. I don't even think a chain could do that, but somebody, I believe, here is inventing, has invented uh, a, a machine like that, and you've given up on it. And the Lord wants to encourage you and tell you that you're about a hop, skip, and a jump away from God's breathing life on it. And I don't know where you are, but uh, the reason the Lord spoke it to me here is that some of the leaders in this church are going to help you. And so you need to bring it to the church, and you need to ask them to pray for you because there's some connections. I see the Lord's going to make through the leadership of this church, and part of the reason why the Lord is connecting you to the church is because He wants you to understand that the blessing that's going to come out of this is also meant to fund the kingdom. Is that fair? 
So I was very intrigued by that. I wasn't going to do it. And I felt an insistence from the Lord. And I've sort of given up on being wrong. I don't mind being wrong. How many, how many of you would bother? It would bother you if I was wrong. At least one I was hoping for. Like maybe <laughs> complete non-issue to me. If there's no response in the meeting, there's somebody here that word is going to change your life. But it's going to change not yours, but many, many, many thousands of people's lives. And I think, please bring it to the leaders of the church. I think there's something in it for you. All right? Move on. Uh, just in that regard, I just wanted to, because I, I felt, the, I felt a, an action from the Holy Spirit in the first service. And I want to say it again. There's something about the Holy Spirit and his moving on this church to bring forth creative solutions to real problems. And so I would just challenge every person who's called to business in this place that you feel like there's a call to the marketplace. I want to tell you the Holy Spirit is here to whisper creative solutions to you. And there's something coming in the businesses. Amen. Something's coming. All righty. Praise God. Let's get into Unafraid of Storms, our message for today. <laughs> Kerry Newhoff said something which I, f- I found interesting, and I didn't, you guys are lucky you came to the second service, we didn't talk about this in the first service, but Kerry Newhoff said, time off will not heal you if the problem is how you spend your time on. Some of us think that we can just pack our calendars full, and we can take on a load, and we can run flat out for 50 weeks, and then we're going to take two weeks off, and we're going to just lie. And blob. And the two weeks of is going to make up for the 50 weeks of time off will not heal you if your problem is the way you're spending time on. I want to preach a message to you today about how you can spend your time on. About building rhythm into your life. About building enough space to rest. About making certain things a priority that will enable you to live a life that is well filled, full of the presence of God. And, and at a pace that you can sustain so that when you take time off, you can really spend it with your family. Right. So I want to talk about being unafraid of storms. And I want to just show you this very basic illustration. Uh, we work with World Without Orphans. One of the things that we do there is we go around the world and we help leaders find refreshing. How to live refreshed, how to keep a sustained pace, how to live well and not get to the end of, or, or half get somewhere and then burn out. Too many leaders in the church are burning out. Most of them are still spiritually sort of vibrant, but emotionally so spent they have nothing left. And then they get up to mischief because they're needing to fill an emotional vacuum. And I I don't want anybody here to be that. If you you look at this, this is just a glass that's half full or half empty, depends on whether you're pessimist or optimist. But if you look at that, that's pretty much a representation of somebody's life. There is some reserve, there's some energy, there's some life, there's some power in you, but there's also some need for some more. Now, if you, if you deal with that, if you have a large output, in other words, if there's a lot of people who, who requiring of you, young moms have this with your kids needing, I'm mom, I need, and ah. Teenagers will, will suck life. Um... <laughs> Um, challenges of this life, storms that rage against you, financial pressures, stress at work, all take a drain, they drain you. Now, sometimes when I come to church, 
Remember those old the jumper cables? Do you still have jumper cables here? Because they're newfangled ones now. They're little ones like this, little machine, and just plug it on. But now, the old days, you used to have jumper cables. And there's a flat battery. And so you bring a car that's battery's well charged. You plug onto that one. You plug onto the flat. And the, you just let it run for a bit. And then this battery will charge. Sometimes on Sundays when I come to church, I, it feels like people come at me with jumper cables. Could you, could you help me? I need to spiritual jump. I need emotional jump. I need help. You know, and I signed up for that. That's okay, as a pastor. But I want to I want to talk today about how you can charge yourself more regularly. How you can how you can meet some needs. Because if you're anything like us in this modern world, there is an output. There are people coming to you with needs and problems and can you help me and I need this and then you get to work and some people are fighting so you need to bring peace and wisdom and clarity. If there is no input and there is output, that thing's going to run dry very quickly. Alright? So, fundamentally we all understand there needs to be input. I need somehow to get my spiritual life replenished. This is why coming to local church is vitally important. This is why going to a home group is important. And I, the, the truth is, Michelle and I, for many, many years, we've been doing this for 40 years. Um, I know she looks like she's 40. I married her young. Let's just say that. We've been doing this for a long time, right? So I, I, driving to the home group, like, oh, I don't feel like doing this, driving home from the home group. I'm so glad we went. Does that relate to anybody? Because going there, I feel the emptiness coming back. I feel something has been filled. Something charged. Something was added. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like a special, like, wow. It was just a slow drip of being with God's people and a little word of encouragement and a little hug and a little pat on the back, and a little joke with somebody, and all of it just added something to my tank. If you are not careful, and you just give out, and you take nothing in, then you're going to be in trouble. I don't care how gifted you are, it doesn't matter how cute you are, Isaiah 40 says, even young men will grow tired and weary. But those who put their hope in the Lord, they will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and will not faint. Why? Because you can keep going when there keeps being input into your life. You can keep giving out if there's something coming in. Now, the problem is people get these ratios mixed up. Let me show you. If you are somebody who has is, is got um, a lot going out, you're burnt out. You have a, a massive lot that you're giving out, and there's only a little bit that's coming in. Doesn't matter who you are, you are going to burn out. If your input and your output are, are pretty much the same, well, then you can maintain whatever measure you're at. And if your input is massive and your outgo and your, your overflow, you're in overflow, right? So you've got a lot coming in, a little bit going out, you're going to be overflowing, and you're going to be ministering. And loving and living your life out of overflow. Doesn't that sound better than burnout? I'd like to live in overflow. I'd like to live and minister and bless and, and be with people. And the, the simple trick to that is you need to get more in that's going out. Now some of us, 
are going to have to learn to say no. Try that with me. Just say no. No. There's magic in a no. Uh, Could you come over and babysit my kids? No. So sorry. Now, I had to learn this in ministry because the first year and a half in ministry, I was out seven nights a week visiting, being with people. And then I literally hit burnt out. I said, if I see another person, I might do them physical harm. I need help. I'm, I'm spent. And uh, we went on holiday, Michelle. And I was like, and people were, oh, you're from Hatfield. Like, oh, no. I just so burnt out. I just had not managed this well. And then I realized I can say no. But up until that time in my life, I thought if I say no and I still have something left in the tank, then that's just unchristian. And then I sorted out the first time I said no and I had no guilt was because I had nothing left to give. If you came to me and said, I need 10 million rand, I'd say, sorry, I don't have 10 million to give you. Is that fair? Sorry, don't have it to give. And I wouldn't be guilty about it. And so I realized the first time I was guilt-free was when somebody said, can you do this for me? And I said, no, I'm sorry. And then I thought, why can't I say no when there's still 30% left in the tank? You can say, hey, no, if that hurts or amen. Because there's some of us in this place where you you're living, you're riding the edge of burnout, spiritually, emotionally. Learning how to say no when you still have something in the tank, it's not evil. It's just wisdom. Okay. That's not the message, this is just for free. <clears throat> but learning to manage the people that drain you and the tasks that drain you. And the people that build into your life and the tasks that fill you. Because you are, there are some people that are going to pour into you. If you're with them, they charge you. You come away. Man, that was good. Ah, V, V, R, P. Very resourceful people. They pour into you. And then you've got VDPs. Very draining people. They suck out of you. And I had to learn to manage because nobody gets to be with the people they want to be all the time, only ever. You, you're going to have some people that take from you, and there are going to be some people that give to you. But I found out that I was spending 90% of my time with the people who were taking. Like, I'm going to die like this. Aesop told a fable about the goose that lays the golden egg. He said, there's a goose lays a golden egg every day. And the people go, wow, look at that. And they take the egg, and they sell it, and they make money. They woo. Tomorrow morning, boop, another egg. Sell it. Woo. One guy says, you know what? If we kill that goose, we get all the eggs. We sell them all. We'll be rich. It's a great plan. So they kill the goose. It's one more egg. After that, no more eggs. You're the goose that lays the golden egg for your family, for your business, for your church. Taking care of yourself is not a sin. 
looking after yourself, managing this issue. It's not a bad thing. Because I don't want you to burn bright for three months and then die. I want you to burn bright for the next 50 years. And serve and minister and change people's lives. So here's a, a graph. I want you just, this is just for fun. This is just for you. Are you burnt out? Are you maintaining? Or are you overflowing when it comes to your physical life? When it comes to your spiritual life, are you overflowing? Are you maintaining? Are you burnt out? When it comes to you emotionally, are you overflowing? You're rich and full. Are you maintaining? I'm okay. Or burnt out? I'm in danger. It is possible to be spiritually strong and emotionally burnt out. I find a lot of people like this. Still spiritual. Still weep in worships. The word of God still touches them. But emotionally spent. And I'm not going to even ask. I know I'm preaching to some people here. If you check that burnt out column in any one of those three areas. I hope that that's just a, a trumpet blast in your ear. You need to do something about this right now. Stop the tap that's going out. And open up the tap that's coming in. And that's what I really want to talk about today. Michelle said this during COVID in various ways, and I just, it just ministered to me. And I just want to say, I cannot allow the tyranny of the urgent to determine how much time I spend on renewing my soul's resources. I am responsible to keep my own soul and to fight for my own peace. You're responsible to keep your own soul and to fight for your own peace. No one else is really going to keep your soul for you. Sometimes you'll have a father and mother in faith who will watch over you and go, hey, hey, Because hey. that's what moms and dads do. It's time to go to bed. But I had sugar an hour ago. I'm ready to party. I know. It's time to go to bed now. You're going to rest now. Because tomorrow you're going to need this. No, dad, I can. It's time to go to bed now. Sometimes you have a father or mother in the faith who will do that for you, but most people don't allow that. Most of us have to manage for ourselves what's going on in our life. And I've re- realized that many people will, will watch you burn out and then too late they'll realize, oh, maybe I should have helped them. So I want to, if you take nothing out of this message other than this, this is what I want you to take out. The secret for you is going to be in the secret place. The secret is in the secret place. All ministry flows out of intimacy with God. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you can bear much fruit. Without me, you'll do nothing. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask the Father, he'll give you whatever you want and you will bear eternal fruit. Because I didn't choose, you didn't choose me, I chose you to go and bear eternal fruit. Jesus wants massive eternal fruit coming out of your life, but he said, this is the way it happens. You need to come and abide in me. So, Psalm 91 expresses the same thing. And I want to read us there. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. The person who lives, who dwells in the secret place, they have made themselves a home in God's presence. They don't come and visit temporarily and sometimes, but they have taken up residence. They dwell there. They sit 
uh, in his presence. That's a, a beautiful shade from the oppressive heat. It's a refuge in the deadly storm. It's a safety in a threatening world. We've just been in South Africa for two weeks. We go back, um, this Lord willing, um, early next week. Um, and I've noticed a, a lot of people in fear and anxiety. And I feel like that there is a secret here, and the secret for you is in the secret place. The more time I'm hanging with the Lord, the more I bring to him what is currently concerning me, the more I'm discussing where I'm going and what I'm doing with the Lord. I'm not coming from outside in to visit. I'm taking up residence in the presence of the Lord. Because in the the true culture, in the way the psalm was written, in the culture of the Middle East, hospitality is the highest value. It's an extremely high value. And if you come into my house or into my tent and, and you're under my protection, then I will protect you with my life and I will make sure that you never go hungry. And, and so if, if I come into the presence of the Lord, <clears throat> if you and I choose, we're going to seek out the Lord and I'm going to make the Lord my habitation, then you have eaten covenant salt with the living God, your guests of his household, and he has been Pledge to your protection. That's very nice. Because I go, Lord, I'm under your protection, right? Yeah. So he who decides, the Bible says, he who sits, who, who, who takes the space. The Hebrew word for that dwells is, comes from the root word to sit, but it's, it's, a, um, it's a participle, which means I'm constantly sitting. I've come in and I've taken a seat. I'm not standing to quickly drop off a petition. I've come in to take a seat. It has a, an edge of permanence to it. It's, I'm part of the, the community here. I'm, I'm seated with the rest of us. I'm seated in the secret place. And so there are many Psalms that talk about the secret place. Psalm 27, Psalm 31, Psalm 32. Now Psalm 91, they speak about there is this secret place in the presence of God. And if I will make the Lord, if I'll make that place my habitation, then suddenly I find that I become unafraid of storms. Because the storm may rage out there. But in here... I'm in the fortress of the almighty God. I am in the God who owns everything. I am inside the God who created all things. Everything trembles at his word and I am his honored guest. He has made a way for you and for me to come into his presence, not by some whimsical thing, but through the blood and the body of his only begotten son, in Hebrew says, by a new and living way made into his presence by the body of Jesus Christ. God made a way, a wide open path that remains open for you who've believed in Jesus Christ. And you have access not only to come in, but to dwell in the presence of Almighty God. Amen. Amen. So I'm choosing not just to visit, but to live, to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my rock. He is my shield. He is my defender. So the psalmist said, when last did you say, God is my refuge? I need to say that. You need to say that out loud, everyone. God is my refuge. God is my defender. God is my fortress. He's a massive, awesome fortress. I run into him and I'm inside the fortress. Somebody says, do you know there's a storm outside? Wow. 
It's going to water the roses. You can't, be unaf- you can't be unafraid of storms when you're outside the castle. You're wandering around the fields, the storms are pretty dangerous. And so I see too many believers f- afraid of storms. See, part of the, the call of ascension gifting is to equip you to live a life that, that is productive. And uh, so it is he who gave some to be apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teachers to equip God's people for works of service until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature and we attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by every wind of doctrine pushed around by circumstances. Every time the devil says, wow, we go, ooh. See too much of that in the body of Christ. It's time to stop it. Stop it. It's time for God's people, as, as the scripture says, to be completely unafraid as a testimony to the world. Do you know you owe your generation, you owe your city a testimony? Only three of you. You owe them a testimony, not in any way afraid of what comes against you, the scripture says. Not in the sleep, not in the slightest, not in the least little bit. So that they go, are you not understanding what's going on? What's going on with you? I'm in the secret place. And I'm unafraid of storms. I'm not tossed back and forth by every wind of doctrine. I'm not bouncing around by every fear. I'm not taken by every whisper of anxiety. Because I'm anchored in the rock. I'm seated in the secret place. For everybody who relies on Jesus Christ, he's a shelter from the storms. He's the shadow place where you can hide and find security. He's the refuge when you run to in times of that you need in times of danger when you need safety he'll provide a defense against any raging storm now Matthew Henry said if you by faith choose God for your guardian you'll find all that you have all that you need in him Psalm 46 said, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, I will not be moved. The psalmist said, I will not fear because the Lord is my refuge and my strength. I've settled this thing in my heart. I'm going to engage with the Lord. He will be my refuge and strength. I will not fear. So often I see people shaking with fear and I wonder when last they were with the Lord in the secret place. Now, let me run through. I'm running out of time. Say, Greg, what do I do in the secret place? I'm just going to give you three quick things because sometimes people go, okay, I'm living here. Now, what do I do? Well, you've taken up residence. Now, for me, number one is listen. Can I just say listen? Listen to the Lord. John Ortberg said, anytime you see life flourishing, it's receiving nourishment from outside of itself. Whenever you see somebody who's at peace and rest and full and overflowing with the presence of God, it's because they're receiving nourishment from outside of themselves. It's not coming from them. 
Jesus said, these works I'm doing, these are not my works. These are the works the Father's doing and the Father's doing through me. In fact, they got mad with Jesus because he was healing on the Sabbath. And he goes, no, actually, I'm obeying the Sabbath. But my father, who's always at work, he wanted to heal this guy. So my father healed him. But I'm obeying the Sabbath. That wasn't me. That was my father. I want to pick a fight. Pick with him. He said, I'm just behaving. I'm just sitting here in the service. And then the father said, heal him. So we healed him. What a nice idea about the overflow of a life. Isaiah 55, come who are thirsty, drop down. He says, listen, listen to me and eat what is good. You will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen to me so that your soul may live. In the Living Bible it says, listen to me for the life of your soul is at stake. God's word will provide life and hope and courage and joy and peace and I've learned to just sit and listen listen because you're going to hang out with the Lord you put your head on his chest you lean back against him just listen you begin to hear him talking to you about you and about your family and about your fears you don't need to explain it to him you don't need to come and teach him what's going on in your life he already knows Jesus said your father already knows what you're dealing with but let me explain this to you No, let me explain this to you. It's a fairly arrogant position. Lord, let me explain to the God who knows everything. I'm going, now, Father, I'm here to listen. So sit, sit, find a comfortable chair, get yourself some tea or coffee, make yourself at home. This is your home. Sit, put your ear against his chest, hear his heartbeat, feel his arms around you, and listen to what he has to say. I journal a lot. I just say, Lord, speak to me. And I journal what the Lord's saying. I write it down so many times, so many times. The things he speaks to me in the morning that I've heard this morning, I walk into during the day. You know how fun that is? That is such fun. Wait a minute. Let me just read you from my journal. I re- Oftentimes I do this. Let me just read this to you. Second one is Love. Listen, love. Just come in and bless the Lord. Just bless his soul. Psalm 27, though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. This one thing I do, this one thing I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, I'll be there in his temple. David said, look, here's the deal. I come into his presence and I'm not scared because I just spend, I just want to do this. I just want to look upon the beauty of the Lord. I just want to love him. And I bless his name and I thank him for all the kindnesses and I, bl- and I worship in him and I honor him. And when I, when I find that I do this, I just put some worship music and I just bless the Lord. I say, thank you for your kindness to me, Father. I just so honor you. You're just so beautiful. And in the process of me blessing the Lord, all fear dissipates. So David said, My heart will not fear. I will be confident because this is what I do. Wayne Cordero said, solitude is a chosen separation for refining your soul. Take some time and separate yourself and go be with the Lord. Isolation is what you crave if you neglect the first. And then thirdly, learn. 
The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue. He, this is the prophecy about Jesus. He knows the words that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning. He wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. For I do not speak on my own, John 12, Jesus said, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Come in, take time, listen, love, learn. There are some things the Lord wants to speak to you about that are profound. Don't miss out. It comes with a whisper. It very seldom comes with a shout. Most of, most of the beauty, most of the profound things, he whispered to me in the secret place. I'm going to close this with uh, a simple call. Some people in this place are sitting near burnout. You're burned out emotionally. You're in fear. You're in stress. You're in trembling. You're concerned. You don't have a good view. And I just want to encourage you to prioritize this. Say, but Greg, I'm too busy managing the storm. I'm too busy dealing with the storm to spend some time. Jesus dealt with one of the storms he dealt with by sleeping in the back of the boat. Because you have authority over the storm you can sleep through. Some of you need to just take a little time and come and just spend some time in the secret place. And you'll find that you go from burnt out to maintaining to overflowing if you make this your habit. And if you'll turn up what's coming into your life and turn down what you have to go out, what has to go out of your life for a while, you'll find that you fill up till you overflow. Minister, live, love, function out of overflow. The secret is in the secret place. Let me pray for you. Father, I want to bless this group of believers. Lord, would you peel back anxiety, stress, fear. Would you remove it from them right now in Jesus' name? Would you make it so that those, Lord, who choose, I'm going to serve my king, I'm going to come to the secret place. I'm asking, Lord, for a profound release from fear. I will not fear, the psalmist said. Though the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the, the waves foam and roar, though the storms rage, even then I will be at peace. For I have made the Lord my refuge and I will not be shaken. Rich grace and peace upon your people, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's thank Pastor Greg.